Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodger. Terrific. And we are doing something a little bit differently this week. We are actually being video recorded, and we plan on posting the, the next couple minutes, kind of our intro to the show. We're going to post it on our social media, Facebook, Instagram. We don't, I don't have a Twitter. I don't, I don't care about Twitter, <laughs> but we, yeah, we plan on posting this to our social media. It's just a couple minutes long. So if you want to see how the show, how, kind of how we do it, kind of the studio, you want to take a look at uh, Professor Cheetor and see what he looks like. You can do that by, uh, we're going to post the video up probably later in the next couple hours. So He looks amazing, by the way. He's very sharply dressed. <laughs> so just let everybody know you can do that. Dave, let's get the show going. Let's all right? do it. This week, we have part two of our invasive animal coverage. But for this one, we are talking about invasive animals in a very strange place. That place is Florida. Florida has many interesting invasive animals that don't belong there. Kind of like, you know, the people of Florida. Yeah. Or kind of like Florida in general. It just doesn't <laughs> really belong. Florida is a strange place, which which we will talk about. Uh, I think it's a good last episode, right before our two-year anniversary. Yeah. I think it's become the landfill for North America. It has everything in it. Very good, <laughs> yeah. You know, Florida is really the, easy to make fun of. Especially on topic, the stuff you don't want in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, Florida is really easy to make fun of. And we, I enjoy doing it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Our, well, we knew that was going to happen sometime. <laughs> or we had a, <laughs> just let everybody know, we had a, a, a picture that uh, Dave's uh, daughter drew for us and it fell down. We put it, it up there for the picture. video, but it fell down. All right, yeah. we're going to continue. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> But yeah, Dave, it's our almost our two year anniversary. Hey, that is really cool. I'm super impressed yeah. that we've made it this far. Yeah. All right, but we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, part one of Invasive Animals. We learned all about invasive Japanese murder hornets that have now infiltrated North America, mm. and also Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos, which <laughs> is still one of my favorite stories. I think. Yeah. And also the snakes that have taken over Guam and killed all the birds. And there are no more bird sounds throughout the island. Yeah. And uh, the, those pesky rabbits in Australia. <laughs> and, of course, those Asian carp uh, causing a carpocalypse. Yeah. And the introducing us new introducing us to new sports. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hope everyone watched videos so you could see what I mean when... Uh, when I say that they jump out of the water, like yeah. 10 feet high, large carp jump out of the water. Also the cool sport of scarping, which <laughs> is our, our new favorite thing. Uh, it's water skiing with a, while you're wearing a football helmet and trying to slam dunk carp into, with a net into a trash can through like a, a, <laughs> a tykes, tykes toys, yeah. uh, basketball hoop. It's <laughs> awesome. You got to check it out. Yeah. And this sport, uh, may be in the next Olympics as well. Oh, let's hope if, if they ever happen, of course, uh, but, true. <laughs> just full of redneck competitors. It's what's, it's what's done in lieu of the Olympics for now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yes, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Hmm. According to my calculations, the sunshine state of Florida is chock full of some of the looniest stories and people to have ever walked the earth. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You are definitely right there, yeah, Professor. Sometimes I wonder if we got you from Florida. Ah, 
And also, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning into us. Uh, it's really awesome that we, we know that you're out there. You're part of the the cult of force of nature. That's what I like to say. I have a cult-like following. Small cult-like following. But, yes. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform you use. Uh, give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. The reviews mean way more than you know of. Yeah. It just helps our podcast gain more attention, gain more listeners. So please go ahead and do that for us. For this episode, we go to a place unlike any other. This is a place with some of the strangest headlines imaginable. Headlines like, Homeless man found having a picnic in the Walmart bathroom. <laughs> Jeez. Two burglars arrested after bringing 14-month-old baby along with them to rob a house. <laughs> Talk about teaching them young. Uh, man arrested twice in two days for impersonating a police officer. <laughs> man arrested with cocaine-stuffed Lunchables. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that sounds like... That sounds like this place we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, these are all real headlines that I saw, I promise. And there <laughs> yeah. are so many more. Uh, of course, the place that I'm talking about is Florida. A very strange and bizarre place Florida is. Uh, an analysis of Associated Press stories found the Sunshine State to be the number one nuttiest state in the country measured by news output. Huh. Which makes total sense. Okay, yeah. And we've made fun of Florida a number of times on the show before. Uh, we've had a number of crazy stories that we've covered from Florida involving animals. They do have a lot of crazy wildlife. Yeah. But I think it's honestly the people that might be the most crazy. <laughs> I think most Floridians just go along with this moniker as well. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, we know we crazy. <laughs> But why is Florida this way? What makes Florida produce such a staggering amount of absurdity? Uh, I blame it on the high humidity <laughs> and the heat. <laughs> there aren't any conclusive studies, but there are some theories. It could be the population. Florida has a very diverse population. There are lots of old people. There's immigrants, very religious people, very rich people. And then you got rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> And tons of tourists that go there every year. Maybe the mixing of these groups is why Florida is so crazy. Yeah. Or maybe it's the laws of Florida, which tend to be pretty lax. Uh, there's loose bankruptcy laws, loose gun laws, no system to monitor the distribution of prescription drugs. Wow. And uh, collects no state income tax. Huh. So maybe this attracts people who come for more illicit opportunities, <laughs> opportunistic reasons. And these people make the news more often. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Miami was home to Pablo Escobar's cocaine trade in the 80s. Miami was. <laughs> or, you know, maybe it is the humidity, the environment itself. Florida is very hot and very humid. Yeah. Part of it is swampland, and then then you throw in some hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then you throw in all the native wildlife, like alligators. Like, alligators live in golf course ponds in Florida. 
Like I go golfing. <laughs> I, I'm pretty big. I've gotten big into golf. I go golfing maybe once every other week. Uh-huh. No alligators. And it's lovely. Nice. Imagine going to Florida and like my ball is pretty close to that pond. Yeah. Oh. Maybe you get a better score at those courses because they have a higher hazard rating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, an animal that can eat you lives on the golf course there. Then you have uh, venomous snakes, spiders, fire ants, very large cockroaches, and also home to the shark attack capital of the world in Florida. Then you have all the invasive species that we're going to talk about. Maybe the environment makes people go crazy there. Or, you know, there's another thing, or maybe it's the media that creates this kind of persona, kind Uh of like a shtick. Yeah. Uh, we all we all know of the Florida Man headline, which is a very famous thing now. You could have a headline that reads, Mom sells baby for meth. But if it reads, Florida woman sells baby for meth, you think that, oh, that's another Florida thing. That's crazy. <laughs> if it wasn't didn't say Florida woman, then you'd be like, eh. Yeah. So if it says Florida woman, yeah. oh, Florida crazy. Add any other state and then people <laughs> perk up. What? Really? <laughs> And the truth is that weird stories happen everywhere, but Florida has a reputation as a weirdo wonderland, which makes it get the spotlight more. Other people around the country love to portray Florida as a a land full of weirdos, uh, drug dealers, corrupt politicians, deranged old people, invasive pythons, alligators, and nasty hurricanes. Now, all that is true (laughs) to some extent, but Florida can be a great place full of great people at the same time. Yeah, it's got Disney World. Yeah, I knew you were going to go Disney World. (laughs) Dave is a Disney freak, so I knew he would say Disney World. I remember when we went there as a kind of a family trip, Uh I was 15. So that was like 15, 16 years ago now. Do you remember that at all? I didn't get to go. I thought you went. No, I I don't remember. I started a new job in San Diego and I couldn't go. Oh, okay. (laughs) So Dan would call me, hi, yeah, we're having fun here. Okay, fine, bye. Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) Type, type, type. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Florida can be a great place. And you know what, Dave? I've heard Universal Studios is better than Disney World. Really? Oh, Oh, yeah. Most people say that. Well, Disneyland huh. is good, but Disney... I've heard, I've heard, and I've been there, but I, I don't remember it that well. I do remember Epcot. Uh-huh. And Epcot is known as, like, the crappiest one of the theme parks there, but I actually enjoyed that the most. Yeah, you I, had, I've been there You had all the countries. You had, like, the 15, 16 different countries. That's, like, when I was 15, like, that's how I got into doing geography. Oh, That's how okay. I got into cultures and stuff like that, and I, I yeah. eventually majored in it. Maybe that's where the Amazing Race films, because they get, you know, if they have a smaller budget, they just... (laughs) Small budget, Amazing Race. All right. But anyway, uh, uh, we we love to... Florida is a great place, and they have great people, and we love to give them our money. Think about it. We do? Florida is the number one tourist destination in the country. Okay, yeah. uh, Especially Orlando. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we went to... uh, We took a cruise from there this year, and and, uh, from Cape Canaveral. We went to, uh, oh, what was it? Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Kennedy Space Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we spent our money there this year. We've so, done our part. There you go. <laughs> You're helping Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing you didn't get stuck out there and had to wait out there for weeks. Oh, I know. We got lucky. Nobody was infected. It's like right before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. But uh, some people might call Florida America's butthole or the taint. 
or uh, America's herpes infested penis. You know, any any of those. But it's it, it, it does it, hang down. <laughs> it is still a great place in its own right. Yeah. I, Florida, I, I had a good time in Florida. I've been to on the Gulf Coast side. I can't remember the city. Fort Myers. Oh, okay. I went and played uh, in college. We were at our we played baseball there. Oh, we nice. played at the Red Sox spring training field. Oh, right on. So I had a good time. I've had good times in Florida. And I know we have some wonderful Floridians who listen to this show as well. So we got to give them some props and cheers to you, Florida, you bunch of weirdos. <laughs> you, we do say this, but at the same time, I keep thinking, why would I not want to be there? It's warm. So, yeah. I can have, I could be outside in the winter. And Well, maybe this will help you out. We're going to talk about some invasive species. Oh, yeah. That'll scare me. So away. let's get right into things and talk about our first one. This species is invasive to Florida as well as northern Australia and a few islands in the Caribbean, including Hawaii. Hmm. This is the largest toad species in the world, the cane toad, huh. or also known as the bufo. Bufo? Yeah. Huh. These cane toads are native to the jungles of South America and Central America. They are really big. Big, too. Adults can be from six to nine inches in length, and I swear it's about the same in girth. Wow. They're shaped like a circle. Holy moly. And the females are larger than males, and they are just so fat. Jeez. They're so fat. Uh, P-H-A-T? No, F-A-T. <laughs> and normally they are a light brown, yellowish color. Now, another thing about these toads are they are poisonous. Ooh, yikes. Not venomous, but poisonous. Uh, when threatened, its glands secrete a milky white fluid known as bufotoxin. And this toxin is classified as a Schedule 9 drug under Australian law, alongside heroin and LSD. Oh my goodness. So you're saying uh, drug dealers want to use this stuff. They probably <laughs> do. <laughs> Harvesting them. Oh, you might be giving some drug Yo, man, dealers. You got some boof, bofu on the street. Boofu toxin, man. I don't. I don't know why I went with that accent. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's flurry. Maybe not the right. It's, yeah, it's right. <laughs> And you you could get a hallucinogenic high off of these toxins if you don't if you uh, don't take too much and die instead. Wow. But yeah, you can get a hallucinogenic high off of it. But you can die as well, huh? How much does it take? I don't know. I don't know the exact amount. I didn't find that out. But uh, these cane toads were actually introduced on purpose to control agricultural pests in several parts of the world. (laughs) That sounds like a Florida headline, doesn't (laughs) it? Well, it happened in a lot more other places. uh, Large cane toad invades Florida after introduced to uh, do something else. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what happened. So in 1844, they were introduced to Jamaica to reduce the rat population. This Wait, was a, did they eat them? Yeah. They, oh, they're big. They eat rats and mice. And oh, things. my I'll goodness. get into them. But they were introduced to Jamaica to reduce the rat population. This was a complete failure and did not work. <laughs> then in the early 1900s, they were introduced to Puerto Rico in hope that they would counter a beetle infestation ravaging the sugarcane plantations. This was considered to be a success, actually. Oh. Uh, Then uh, prompted many other places to use these toads as a solution for agricultural pests. This is probably the only only success you hear about with cane toads. Okay. Uh, 
In the 1930s, many other countries tried to emulate Puerto Rico's success, and cane toads were introduced to Australia, Florida, Philippines, most of the Caribbean islands, and many Pacific islands, like I said, including Hawaii. The plan backfired for pretty much everybody, as the toad is now an invasive pest of its own and poses a serious threat to the uh, native ha habitats. Wow. They are classified as an invasive species in 20 different countries. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, multiple reports exist of the cane toad moving into a new area to be followed by a decline in biodiversity in that region. Oh. Cane toads are actually omnivores. Huh. They eat a variety of vegetation. They eat insects, small birds, lizards, small snakes, small mammals, other toads, even cannibalizing each other. And, and sometimes they actually are found eating pet food. <laughs> if it's outside. Wow. So do not leave out dog food or anything outside if you live alongside cane toads. <laughs> and they are known, well known to be on people's property. Okay. And in their native range, they do have predators that can handle their toxins. They've adapted to do so. Oh. But where they're invasive, the animals have not adapted. Oh, okay. So when an invasive predator kills and eats one of these toads, they have been known to die because of it. Wow. Even crocodiles and alligators have died from eating these toads. Gee. And a lot of fish species who try to eat them as well, they die. And not just the wild animals, but dogs too. Mm. Up to 50 dogs are killed each year in Florida alone from trying to eat these toads. Oh. Apparently, people have died by eating the toads too. However, natives in Peru eat them regularly. Huh. They just know, know you need to carefully take off the skin first or something like that. Oh, okay. But caden toads are poisonous from birth. So even when they're little tadpoles, they are poisonous and wow. can kill predators. And it's easy to see how destructive these fat little bastards can be in their non-native homes. And they are so gross, too. Oh, like, yeah. They're so gross. I watched a video of a guy who squoes one together, squoes, squoes its back, which made the poison come out. And it looked like it was like a full, it wasn't full liquid poison. It looks like pus coming from a giant zit. Yeah. And he squoes it and this pus poison like squirted out. Like, ah. is it, you know, like you're on a mirror and you squeeze one and it squirts ah. on the mirror. It was like that. Plus, there was like tons of different holes it was coming out of. Some would squirt. Some would just, it looked, oh, it was so gross. These toads are gross. No, they could squirt. That's like Dilophosaurus stuff. <laughs> and these things breed like crazy. A single female lays thousands of eggs a year. So wow. their population is out of control in many places. Gee. In Florida and Australia, people are actually encouraged to kill these toads if they see them. That's how bad it is. Just, huh. if you see one, kill one type of deal. See. Some people go out toad hunting during the nighttime. They go <laughs> they go around. I've seen, I watch videos. They go around with a twenty two rifle, and they're literally just shooting them point blank. The toads don't move. Oh, gee. It uh, doesn't seem very sportsmanlike. Yeah, but at the same time, they're... Yeah. They're invasive. Maybe you can get the kids out of the house. Go get some toads or something. 
Just take your gun and get some toads. That's Florida. <laughs> uh, numerous traps have been invented to catch the toads as well, which hmm. are kind of cool. I wonder if I saw any on QVC or anything. <laughs> QVC? Yeah, you know, the shopping station oh, thing. I was thinking of Sky Mall. Sky Mall? Oh. It's the one on the airplane. Oh, you got okay, all those there crazy you go, yeah. <laughs> Have a problem with cane toads? Try oh, this. Sky Mall. Nope, we'll give you two for the price <laughs> of one. Uh, but say you're in Florida, Australia, or a place with toads, and they're on your property. You are you are encouraged to kill them, but they are protected by anti-cruelty laws. Same with almost all of these okay. that we're going to talk about. So basically, it has to be a quick death. In a documentary, one woman in Australia would hold them upside down by their feet and kill them with a mallet. What? Just like a mallet, boom, bash them in. Oh my God, well, what about all the poison? Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, technically, this is humane, too. It's a quick death, right? Yeah. But one time, the the toad turned right before she was about to hit it. She hit it, and the poison squirted out into her eyes. Oh, no. And blinded her for about 24 hours. Oh, wow. And she, I remember... Maybe she was just hallucinating she was blinded. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she was. And I did see a video of some guys going around hitting toads with golf clubs. <laughs> like, well, that'll improve your, uh, your drive. Your <laughs> trying to improve my short game. Toad! <laughs> I mean, that honestly doesn't sound like fun to me. Like, just going around bashing. No, that's that just really doesn't humane. sound like fun. But, yeah. you know, rednecks, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Now, well, now we got scarping and we got uh, toading. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, we're going to call that toading. Golfing, uh, with, golfing for toads. Yeah. Now, apparently, a surprisingly humane way to kill toads is actually by freezing them. Oh, weird. Very weird. You could just toss a live one into the freezer. And there's a study done in Australia that researchers uh, implemented, they or the, sorry, they implanted small data sensors in the toad's brain to measure brain response. And I guess the toads quietly slip into unconsciousness as they are frozen. Huh. And their brains did not register any evidence of pain. Wow. So this is an option as well, if you want. <laughs> Just ship them all to Alaska, then. <laughs> Easier said than done, but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, these cane toads are a highly invasive species that cause lots of damage. I, I know they do in Australia and Florida, everywhere they are. Their numbers may be too great and too out of hand oh. to control. But uh, like the Emperor from Star Wars said, wipe them out. All of them. Nice. That's going to be pretty difficult to do, but the Emperor said it, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that is the Cane Toad. All right, now let's go over our second invasive animal in Florida. This is an animal I didn't know anything about until just recently. This animal is the tegu. Tegu? Yes. Tegus are lizards that can get pretty big. They can get up to four feet long and weigh 15 plus pounds. Wow. That's a pretty big lizard. Yeah. These tegus are actually really cool, too. I, these tegus, I really had a lot of fun learning about oh, them. Yeah? And I actually got a lot of information on tegus from a listener of ours. So we want to thank longtime listener Logan Fredrickson. Uh, thank you very much. And he, he frequently sends 
uh, episode ideas and videos of cool things. He sent me a he sent us a video of a woman being bitten by a pet python. Oh, it's pretty gnarly. Wow. <laughs> The, the python bites her forearm, for her forearm and then wraps around her. Luckily, Ugh. someone was with her to help her get it off. But, man, she was dripping with blood like crazy. Oh, wow. It's just kind of one of those cringy, you-can't-look-away videos. Oh. But Logan has also told us he spent some time... Here's an int- a side sidebar effect, okay? Okay. So Logan also told us, this relates to last week's episode with the carp, that he spent some time in the Czech Republic in Slovakia and said that they actually eat carp as a Christmas dish. Huh. Weird, right? Never, yeah. never suspected that. Uh, he said during Christmas time, they have giant tanks full of carp outside grocery stores, and people will buy them and keep them in their bathtubs for a couple days and then eat them for Christmas. <laughs> wow. Like they want to go get out early and get the, the, the good carp, right? So uh-huh. you get the good carp, but you don't want to kill it yet, so you just let it hang out in your bathtub for a couple days until it's time to kill them and wow. have, it for, have it for Christmas. Nice. And he said he's tried it, too, and it was pretty good. Wow. So you have it from an actual person. That carp tastes pretty good. Nice. All right. So now Logan also told told me that he actually has a pet tegu. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Now, these are pretty good-sized lizards. They can make, but they can actually make really good pets. Huh. You wouldn't think it, but they do. They They can be... Really friendly, if socialized correctly. People sometimes call them lizard dogs because they are so docile. Huh. And they will seek out human attention, and they love being pet. Wow, that is interesting. They love being pet, just like a dog. Huh. And you can even train them to walk on a leash. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Logan even sent me a video of one who would play fetch. Oh, my goodness. Literally, he... The guy threw the ball and the lizard was on like tile, like or like hardwood floor. You know how uh-huh. you know how like a dog when you throw when a dog tries to run it like slips and, yeah. and tries to get his grip and then it can go off uh-huh. on the hardwood. It was the exact same with this tegu <laughs> lizard. It was it was kind of cool. Well, now I want one, <laughs> right? But yeah, those they're really cool, and you can even tame a wild one if you, you can get one Gee. from the wild and tame it if you do it properly. Okay. So Logan has a six-month-old Argentine black-and-white tegu named Jojo. Jojo, nice. There are several tegu species, but the Argentine ones are the best for pets. They're a lot more chill than the other species. Oh, okay. And these tegus are super popular among reptile owners. However, the biggest downfall to having a tegu from what I watched um, is... I watched several videos on people who own them. From what I saw, the biggest downfall is that they re- require a very large enclosure that you're probably going to have to build yourself. Oh. Which well, if they're trained, can't you just leave them in your house like a dog? Or? No, but they still need like the UV light. Oh, okay. And so they need the they need an enclosure to get that UV light. Oh. And they're large, so you're going to need to feed them a lot. Uh, other than that, if you're into lizards, an Argentine tegu might be for you. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. What if you can feed them cane toad? <laughs> I don't know. Probably well, they not. are f- from South America, so oh, it's okay. possible. Uh, <laughs> however, they are invasive. They're, well, they're super cool lizards, and Argentines are the uh, largest tegu species as well. Okay. However, they are invasive to Florida and a problem there. Hmm. 
And it's mostly the Argentine ones, so we will focus on them. The tegus are actually not monitor lizards. They're kind of their own thing. Okay. And they are native to eastern and central South America. Obviously, Argentina as well. Uh, reproducing populations have been found in several Florida counties. And researchers believe these populations occurred either through escapes or intentional pet releases. Okay. Which is going to be a very common theme the rest mm. of the episode. And people releasing pets is a big problem in Florida. The owner doesn't feel like they can take care of it, and then they just release them in the wild. I urge everyone not to do this, as you will find out throughout <laughs> the rest of the episode, okay? But these tegus, while really cool, are still invasive and can cause lots of damage to the native ecosystem. Uh, tegus are also omnivores and consume fruits, insects, small mammals, and other reptiles. But probably their favorite food are eggs. They okay. love eggs. And uh, potential impacts of invasive tegus include competition with and preying upon Florida's native wildlife, mm. including some protected species. And tegus love eggs, so they often prey on the nests of native animals. Okay. Researchers have documented tegus eating and destroying alligator and American crocodile nests, as well as many turtle eggs okay. and even ground nesting birds. Huh. And some of these like turtles are endangered already, and then oh, they're coming okay. in and eating their eggs. This highlights the impact of these invasive tegus. Uh, and though current population estimates are not available... Evidence, evidence suggests possible expansion of their populations. Adult tegus have very few predators and can give birth to a large number of offspring a year, increasing the risk of population spreading beyond their established counties and impacting surrounding areas. And tegus are tough. Like I said that they're docile, which they are, uh -huh. but they can be tough, too. Uh -huh. uh, they could do damage if, if you are bitten by one. And luckily, they're not venomous, though, because we've oh, okay. learned some lizards can be venomous. These ones are not. But they do have really sharp teeth. And I saw a video. I think there was like three or four dogs who cornered a wild tegu. And this tegu legit attacked them. Oh. It went after one and was biting it and, and really quick, too. They're, they're, they can be really fast. And uh, I, I, I put this video on our, on our uh, Facebook page as well. Okay. But this tegu attacked one dog and was just flipping around, biting it. And wow. they, they use like a death roll. Oh, okay. Similar to crocodiles and alligators. And it, it was just a short video, so I don't know what ultimately happened. But tegus can be tough. They will take on a dog if they oh, must. Oh, wow. But no matter how cool they are, though, they are invasive and cause damage. Uh, some wildlife people go out and capture them to try and sell them on the pet trade, while others go out and kill them. Hmm. And actually, these tegus have been spotted in Georgia recently. Oh, boy. Uh, just a little over a month ago, wildlife officials issued a statement saying tegus seen in Florida can can and should be shot on sight. Mm. Tegus in Florida and Georgia. Okay. And Georgia just doesn't want the problem that Florida has with them. Which, you know, it's sad that you kill such a cool animal, but it's also yeah. understandable. Yeah. 
Either way, tegus are really cool, and I'm really glad that I was able to learn about them. That's pretty neat, yeah. Yeah, these tegus were cool. So thanks, thanks again, Logan, for sending your information to us. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so Dave, yeah, you researched another invasive lizard. Yep, yep, great. And so why don't you tell us about them? All right, let's do it. Yeah, another lizard. In fact, I actually did two. Okay, um, but they're both lizards, so yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's keep on the same uh, same category. But uh, this one is actually uh, out-of-control iguanas. Okay, I, I, I heard about... I know of the, these, for sure. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they're, they've gotten so far out of hand as well. They've been known now to... Uh, because they uh, ruin ecosystems, vegetation, um, even causing just... Pestilence and charge, you know, yeah. for home, for homes and and yeah, they uh, live in like residential, residential areas. Living. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, so anyway. There's there's people there that that uh, try to keep it under control. In fact, they have um, a wildlife division specifically keeping control of these iguanas really? because they've gotten so bad out of hand. And usually, they ha- they they believe it happened in like the eighties, somewhere around there. Uh, or was it, was it? Yeah, I think it was Probably. the 80s. On that's this when one. all of these. I swear, that's when all of these invasive species came to Florida. Was in the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wasn't was that when Pablo was there? Or was you know, was it him? <laughs> it's got to be. Came in with the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Snuck on with the cocaine. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, here's one of the things that that uh, it causes a problem with, is that about eight percent of all power outages are caused by animals and birds, <laughs> and uh, iguanas are second in line to those from squirrels. <laughs> it, they'll chew. I can they, believe yeah, that. Yeah, they get they get everywhere, and then they chew on stuff. In fact, there was a there was a, a Florida homeowner. She's uh, she's like uh, I just got my new internet, and all of a sudden it went out. Couldn't figure out. I look, I look and see uh, an iguana with a wire hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, which goes to show these things are uh, um, like now that now it's almost like uh, what do you call it? Lizzie or Godzilla? They're 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 power immune to power, <laughs> <laughs> sucking up that power to try yeah, to get bigger like yeah. radiation. Yeah, so watch out, Florida. <laughs> no, but yeah, they did that. Um, another time, there's a homeowner noticed one sticking out of their toilet. But this was Jeez. kind of funny. This is uh, this story that I read for there. Um, she's like, she's like, yeah. Um, the, uh, my my roommate kept seeing the an iguana pop in pop its head in and out of a toilet, which meant it came through the plumbing. Yeah. So she had to go there. And she's like, and I got it out by using a, she got a plunger and the iguana just <laughs> grabs onto it. She's like, it was a pretty aggressive, just grabs onto it. So she pulls it out. Interesting part of the story is that her roommate was a he. You're like, why the heck didn't you do the, get the iguana out? You make the poor he just woman did not do it. Want to. It's like, geez. Anyway, kudos to her standing up and doing it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, there. They they uh they've talked a little bit about some of the vegetation. They they love hibiscus. So if you got hibiscus flowers, things like that, yeah. they're gonna eat it. It's gone. So they've talked about they 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 even have talked about or trying to uh, educate homeowners on what you can have that yeah. they don't like, and that tries to help keep them out, uh, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, they, anyway, they grow up to about five feet long. You know, just they, a little bit longer than the. Yeah, the they're not as big as tegus. bulky as a tegu. Tegus oh, okay. are actually pretty big. These oh, are they? Okay. They're, they can get maybe the same length, but their tegus are big. Okay. Yeah, 
They're pretty long, and I've seen I've seen iguanas before. Oh, yeah, we've lost, most people have seen iguanas. Yeah. And something to add to that, I actually watched a video of this guy in a residential area. And he was going around with his um, bow fishing stuff, and he was shooting these iguanas with his with the bow. Oh my bow goodness! Fishing stuff, and he was he got a couple of them, and they're invasive. He was just in a residential area too. Oh my goodness! Wow. And then one woman was like, "What are you doing?" She came outside. What are oh. you doing? He's like, "No, it's cool. I'm killing them. They're invasive." She's like, "Don't kill them. They're my friends." <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's some people. Iguanas attitude. are so cute. You know, it's yeah, one of those things like, like "Hey, I like them. Why? Why worry about it?" But. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of a typical thing. Yeah, 10, they're fine. But when you start to get to 100 and 1,000, yeah. then you're like, oh, we better do something. Mm-hmm. Well, and apparently a good th- a good thing for people is that iguanas are supposed to taste really good. Oh, really? Yeah, iguana meat. Oh. A lot of people eat iguana meat. There you go. Well, maybe they should make iguana farms. Oh, that, that might get out of hand. Too. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> but back on how you talking about your exterminating, um, the guys that go around, like, you know, mm-hmm. I mentioned the wildlife uh Part uh, department, they go around. They there's a guy that exterminates them. In fact, this there's even people that will do it. You know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Just a regular extermination company will do it as well. In fact, that's kind of the plus side. Is this one guy? He's uh, he's doing pretty well. Just doing a guana oh, yeah. extermination. He has four offices. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so that's he, how he probably is. doesn't want to kill them all. He's just, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. probably grabs some, here and there. He grabs some. I'll, to kill like two or three, I'm gonna keep these and release them to another house. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, <laughs> they business. they they multiply quick. They, they lay, do. They really it, do. I think they said these lay like forty to sixty eggs. Yeah. You know, so it's call one down, sixty more come up. You mm-hmm. know, but he says he uses a uh, he's got a, a pneumatic pistol that he that he does one shot to the head. Yeah, you know, that's... takes him out because i uh, like like you were saying it has to be in him it's humane because right. they're they're invasive and the law states yeah you can kill these things just don't do let them humanely. suffer yeah you can't use poisons apparently which is interesting i read there you can't use poisons because it's slow you can't make anything that's going to make them suffer it has right. to be quick, quick. so bullet, and then it's legal bullet to the head is i mean this is a very common theme that i'm going to bring up again with when we talk about the other species but, oh okay yeah killing them humanely is uh, a thing yeah. that you must do yeah so it's even legal to shoot them in the head with a pellet gun you know it's okay. it's all just get try to do it's like do it in the head yeah, and same no thing, one that can guy do with anything. the the bow with the bow fishing bow yeah he was killing them just that's legal. instantly so yeah yeah, here's a funny thing. I uh, mentioned to cane toads, you're supposed to, you're freezing them is the most inhumane way. No, or that humane way. Humane sorry, way. Uh, for iguanas, they say it's a crime to drown, freeze, or poison them. Huh. Well, you can't you know do it to iguanas. You know what's interesting is you don't even nature will freeze them because uh-huh. Florida. I think during the winter, Florida got cold enough to where the iguanas were like freezing in trees and just falling to the ground and. Just yeah, staying yeah. Staying still for a couple hours. I think hours we talked about that. I think we did as well. Yeah. In fact, I might as well talk about the the other one. The uh, the other animal I was talking about was the Nile monitor. Okay. They grow up to like seven feet tall. They're huge. Seven feet. I'm sorry, not tall, but seven <laughs> these, feet in length. These uh, Nile monitors stand on two legs. And... <laughs> no, but they're huge. They're big. Um, but anyway, same kind of thing. They're uh, they're invasive, just like them, because they they just so it, like all the other lizard species there in Florida. They lay tons of eggs, yeah, and so they get out of hand. But they said um, usually the because every time they try to keep the population in control, all they're really doing is is trying to hedge an area for residents. You know, yeah. other than that, they can't do anything. But what usually keeps it down 
is a frost will come through, boom, and mm-hmm. kind of kill out, you know, quite eradicate a lot of the population. Yeah. But they said it hasn't happened in Florida since 2009. It hasn't gotten cold enough since then. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in some parts of Florida, the parts where these ones live. Well, yeah. Because I've seen videos of how alligators are, they are adapted to combat freezing. So they stick their snouts out. Oh, And okay. the water freezes while they can still breathe. And this could be for a couple of days even, I believe. Oh, interesting. I've, I've seen videos of alligator snouts just hanging out, out of the water while oh, it's frozen. Weird. So they, they've adapted to do that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, the funny thing about the iguanas is they believe it was... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not the iguanas, the Nile monitor. They believe... Uh, the, the story goes that uh, there was a pet shop owner that wanted to, to get uh, have a free... Uh, uh, source of more to sell mm-hmm. so he lets some go yeah. you know and then they just they spread out Let's and from it. there it's, yeah but yeah they say a lot of it's people letting letting their animals go or hurricanes take it take it out and they get loose, i've got you know? a couple more examples of the exact same thing oh, do you? So. yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty interesting how they are you know people you know people love them but at the same time they're invasive. They get, yeah it's crazy you know and it's like shouldn't be there and they got that way because everybody else was worried about the other ones it was mm-hmm. you know the pythons or, or the the pigs you know the feral pigs yeah. everyone's well let's study the impact on these at the same time one guy's looking behind him uh guys oh, the iguana population just goes off yeah it just soars out of control yeah it's crazy but yeah and again on those nile monitors they're big and they people have them as pets they're just so them. big one guy walks him on a leash, you know, and he's like, it's funny because they, the news guy was talking to him and he was like, he's like, because uh, it's an invasive species and the guy's like, why do you have as a pet? It's an invasive species. He's like, oh yeah, you know, the most invasive species in the species in the world is dogs and cats. He's like, well, think about it. He's like, not yeah, wrong, yeah, I guess you got a point. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Dave, yeah, good job on covering more lizards. Uh, Thanks. It's good to know that information. Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on. We're going to go to our next invasive species. Uh, and we are actually, this one is actually living in the ocean. Oh. This is one of the worst invasive species going that's happening right now in the oceans. Uh, it's disrupting the overall health and diversity of coral reefs in the area. Oh. The animal responsible is the red lionfish. Oh. Do you know what a lionfish is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we talked about this one before. I don't think I don't think we have. Oh, really? Okay. We're what eighty-four episodes in. Yeah. It's very likely, and I just forgot. But they are a real bizarre-looking fish, and adults can get to over eighteen inches, and they are covered in white and maroon stripes, and they are also covered in spines. Yeah, they look kind of pretty, don't they? They they are That's, a very good-looking fish. They look yeah. like an exotic kind of mm-hmm, fish. They do. They're kind of like the porcupines of the sea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the spines kind of resemble a lion's mane, if you look at it in a certain way, hence their name. However, their spines are venomous. Mm. Uh, more on that in a minute. But these lionfish are native to the Indo-Pacific region, so that's like the Indian Ocean and the tropical waters of the Pacific. Okay. But they have extended their habitat and are now invasive to the Atlantic Ocean, uh, all through Florida, all the way up to Rhode Island. Wow. And then through the Gulf of Mexico, as well as all over the Caribbean. Oh, boy. 
So how did they become invasive to the New World? Well, they are a popular fish in the pet trade. <laughs> so it is believed that owners release them into the oceans. Mm. We've heard that before, and yeah. we're going to hear it more. Also, some were accidentally released from an aquarium during Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Wow. And we're going to hear about this again, okay. too. Hurricane Andrew. Hurricane Andrew caused a lot of these invasive species in some uh... ways. But this is the same story as uh, many invasive species all over Florida. So with no natural predators and an extremely high reproductive rate of 2 million eggs a year from one female. Oh, wow. So that's another common theme is the high reproductive rate of all these invasive species. Yeah, yeah. But in the short time of about 30 years, they have rapidly taken over. Lionfish are voracious predators, and they are taking over uh, the Caribbean reefs by storm. Mm. They will eat basically anything. They have been observed consuming 20 small fish in 30 minutes, just one. Wow. And they're they're not, like, super huge, these the lionfish, world. but that's pretty impressive. Gee, yeah. And they prey up to fish uh, two-thirds their own length. So they're wow. eating two-thirds their own size fish. Kind of like my kid at In-N-Out. He was just... How do you fit that in? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, samples of uh, lionfish stomach contents have shown they consume more than 50 different species, many wow. of which have already been reduced to critical levels. Oh, boy. Given this extreme rate of feeding, lionfish are outcompeting native uh, predators for their food sources, as well as reducing fish populations throughout uh, uh, through direct predation. Oh. Other predators haven't taken to eating these lionfish, possibly because they are venomous. Yeah. And they've learned not to, or they just don't know what they are. Mm. You know, they're not interested. Their uh, venomous spines are used purely for defense. Okay. And its sting is actually not fatal to humans, or it shouldn't be in most oh, okay. cases. If stung, a person will experience extreme pain. So it's not going to be a fun sting. Uh, Extreme pain, headaches, vomiting, and breathing difficulties. A common treatment is soaking the afflicted area in hot water, as very few hospitals carry specific treatments. In Florida, all water's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's pretty routine. You're supposed to always do that with hot water, but... However, immediate emergency medical attention is strongly recommended as some people are more susceptible to venom than others. Okay. So if you do get stung by one, go to get medical attention is basically what it is. Okay. So the uh, the cold water temperatures up in the North Atlantic, so like up in Rhode Island, and uh-huh. uh, they're kind of, the numbers aren't too bad there the cold water keeps their numbers in check but down south in warmer waters their populations have just exploded it's believed uh, they will be as far south as brazil from anywhere in five to ten years wow they're going to be all over the place and they also they are also affecting the fishing industry Mm. uh, costing the industry tens of million dollars if not more gee there are some things being done, but it's pretty difficult for people to kill off an entire fish species. Yeah. Uh, many people have taken to um, diving down and spearfishing them. 
which actually looks like a lot of fun from the videos I watched. Huh. And some people even this, I watched a video of this one guy who uh, developed a muzzle breaker for a, his pistol. A muzzle breaker. Was... Some kind of, a, it looked like a big silencer that he attached oh. to his pistol. Uh-huh. And he would go, he would dive down and just shoot these lionfish underwater with oh his pistol. Oh my goodness. So guns actually do work underwater. Yeah, that's weird. They might jam more, but it actually, I watched it, it was pretty effective. Huh. So give this redneck some credit for doing that. That's crazy. And then some research facilities are even working on making underwater robots that are (laughs) made to kill lionfish and suck them in. Oh, gee. Yeah, that's all we need. Invasive robots next. (laughs) But apparently they like electrocute them and then like vacuum them in or something (laughs) like that. I don't know how effective they will be. I don't even know if they're out there or not yet. That was just kind of in in the works. But there is one really good thing about lionfish that a lot of people love. Apparently, they are tasty. Really? Yes. Oh. With light, white, flaky meat. That does sound good. I know, it does so much. They have been well-received even in high-end restaurants in like New York and Chicago. Huh. Uh, Berm- then Bermuda even started the Eat em to Beat em campaign. <laughs> nice. That sounds good. Nice. And every video I watched, people say how good lionfish is. They uh, have many nutritional benefits. Lionfish have the highest concentration of omega-3 in their category. Wow. Scoring above tilapia, uh, bluefin tuna, red snapper, and grouper. Huh. So lionfish, uh, tippy-top there. Sounds so, like a pain in the butt to to kill and gut, though, you know? We're I don't about know, you spines, just fillet them. You know? Just fillet them and you'll be fine. I think so? Oh, yeah. That's that's what Come I saw right him do. off? Oh. That's what I saw him do, just fillet them. Huh. You get plenty of meat out of it. Okay. So by eating these lionfish, not only are you eating something delicious and nutritious, you are being eco-conscious as well. You're doing your part for America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so for all of our listeners, go out there and eat some lionfish. Now I want to try I it. do too, so bad. It looks so good. So mm. if any of our listeners in Florida or anywhere else uh, does eat lionfish... Well, I was thinking of something. Feel I, what I want you to do is I want you to send us a picture of your meal. Yeah, and I will post it on our social media. I, that would be really cool, and it would create. It can also create some awareness about the problem. Yeah. But yeah, if you're listening and you ever eat lionfish, take a picture, send it to us first because it, it just looks so good too. But uh, oh, yeah, nice. I don't know why. But I, I looked. At, I looked up some lionfish recipes, and man, it looks so delicious. Oh yeah. Yeah, so many things that you can do with lionfish meat. Matt, let's go buy a lionfish and let it loose in a lake. Let's <laughs> just keep it in an aquarium. And, and, what if it live in the great lake? And then grab grab our gun and shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it goes through. <laughs> and gets the neighbor, you yeah. know, <laughs> like on that dog story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and by eating more lionfish, you are helping to create an industry that could help some fishermen as well. But at the, uh, yeah, send in your, I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but yeah, if you do eat lionfish, take a picture and send it to us. I'm really into this lionfish recipe stuff. Yeah. I don't know why, but um, at the current rate of population growth, these measures are unlikely to be able to restore the ecosystem balance. Ooh. But it's, it's hoped that it may perhaps slow the spread and buy a little more time 
until you actually figure out a solution. Yeah. Oh, Costco needs to get on that. They'll they'll solve the problem. Hey, there you go. <laughs> start selling it. Five I'd bucks buy some a pound. There fish. you go. That'll cure the population. I, I, I really want to try lionfish now, dude. I looked at <laughs> lots of recipes, and I'm like, I want really? that. I want that. I want that. Nice. But yes, if you feel for everybody, feel free to eat all the lionfish you can. But send us a picture first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm into that, but I am. Please do it. Yeah. Okay, so for our next and last invasive species in Florida, we're going to talk about probably the most uh, notable one. And honestly, we could do a whole episode on this specific species, and we we might at some time. So kind of we're gonna kind of lightly cover it today, because okay. we might go in more in depth another time, because there's so much information, and I really wanted to talk about the other species. So we're just gonna kind of lightly cover it today. Okay. And of course, I'm talking about the invasive pythons of Florida. Mm. Yeah. The swamps of the Florida Everglades have been overrun by one of the most damaging invasive species the region has ever seen. And the python is the Burmese python. They are native to Southeast Asia, and they can get very large. How large, Matt? The average size for an adult (laughs) is around 11 to 15 feet long. Wow. The largest one found in Florida so far was found in April of 2019, and it was a female at 17 feet, one inches long. Wow. That's so big. Like, uh, I saw the picture, and it's just a massive snake. I plan on posting some pictures, so you'll see it on there. But holy cow, Dave, it is huge. And they also found that it was a female, and it was pregnant. Oh, boy. Must have been pretty fat. Guess how many eggs she had inside of her. How many? Guess. I want you to guess. A hundred? Okay, maybe not that many. It was 73 eggs. Wow. 73 eggs inside of her. So by getting rid of this one female, technically you eliminated 74 pythons. Wow. Which is a good thing. These pythons have decimated the Everglades, local populations, and wreak havoc on the ecosystem. The So the Everglades covers some 1.5 million acres of southern Florida. That's bigger than Rhode Island. And it's believed that there are now tens of thousands of these huge invasive predators, if not hundreds of thousands. Gee. And their threat only continues to escalate. But you might wonder how... So how did these snakes get to Florida? Pablo uh, Escobar? How did they get to... <laughs> we'll just blame everything on Pablo for yeah. now. Uh, the cocaine. <laughs> but how did these um, snakes from uh, from the other side of the planet get to Florida? Well, it's a very common story that we've already talked about. These pythons were part of the exotic pet, pet trade. So irresponsible people would once buy a young one and then... These things get huge. You're going to take care of a 15-foot python? You know, you have to feed them a freaking gazelle or something. And then worry about them escaping at night. and Or eating you? Yeah. Or your child? I'm hungry. (laughs) Seriously, eating a child, though. Oh, yeah. That could easily happen. But, um, so yeah, these irresponsible people would buy one, and once they got too big, they would release them into the wild. And the Everglades is a perfect environment for them that matches well with their native habitat. This this part, so that releasing plays a part, but 
let's also go back to August of 1992. This is when Hurricane Andrew hit. Uh-huh. It was it was actually a Category 5 hurricane. Oh, wow. I mean, I was only like, what, two or three years old at the time, so I don't remember it. But do you remember recall Hurricane Andrew I, at all? I can't remember. You, you would have been, a long been just a kid, too. So, But and to it, think that's the first one of the year then, too. What? Hurricane Andrew. Remember, they go by... First one, they go by the first letter in the alphabet. Oh, do they? So you, yeah. First so. one of the year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know So that. Andrew would have been one. Boom. So in April. Or... What's that? No, sorry, August. Wait, it was in August? It says it was in August. Hold on a of second. 92. Am I? Do I have this backwards then? I have no idea how they name them. I just thought they picked Unless a random maybe they name. start over. No, it correlates to something. I thought it was the... The they would alphabet? go in order, yeah, in the alphabet. What else? What else, what else did they had? Or maybe it's by the maybe know. it's by the first letter of the month that's in. You know, maybe that's <laughs> you what can it go is. all day with like maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Yeah, because come to think of it, because what do they have? Hurricane, Hurricane Andrew, Hurricane. I can't remember all the names now. <laughs> the last one started with a J. The last big one there did start with a J, didn't it? I I have no idea. Dave. Oh, never mind. Sorry. All right. Let's... All right. Sorry. Quite a faux pas on my part. <laughs> so during Hurricane Andrew, uh, this storm, uh, this storm um, destroyed a python breed, uh, breeding center in the Everglades. <laughs> First off, why do you have yeah. a python breeding center in a place where they could leave, live perfectly if, if escaped? But yeah, the, the, from the storm, uh, it released countless snakes into the nearby swamps. And I think this is a reason why all like those sci-fi B-list animal movies animal attack movies that we talk about yeah. all have a common theme of killer animals escaping facilities yeah. or it's just be- sharknado it just puts them both in <laughs> well it has this because it actually happens it took them with it <laughs> but it has escapes because they actually happen yeah and today it's it's really hard to know how many pythons are out there partially due to the vast inaccessibility of the everglades and how well the pythons blend in. It's a perfect environment for yeah. them. And the pythons have only been around for about 30 years and have already devastated the local bird and mammal populations in the mm-hmm. Everglades. According to one study between 1997 and 2012, the Ever- in the Everglades, raccoon, opossum, and bobcat populations have dropped over 90%. Oh, wow. That's a huge percentage yeah meanwhile marsh rabbits cottontails and foxes have all but disappeared wow so that kind of puts into perspective right yeah and we'd much rather have those little pests in the area (laughs) yeah and then another study which um fitted rabbits with radio collars and then released them into the everglades found that 77% of these who died within the first year were killed by the invasive pythons. Wow. So they're just killing everything. Wait, did they tag the rabbits just to see? Yeah, go, pretty, get, I think go so. get eaten by a python. Go on. Honestly, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, they've also found many species of... Are they? Yeah, they've also found many species of birds, some already endangered inside the stomachs of pythons. Oh, boy. The pythons have even been documented killing deer, like wow, big like deer, like hundred pound deer. Gee, and even alligators. Oh wow! So the alligator, I, I've seen, I've heard stories and seen videos and stuff of snakes killing alligators. Alligators, uh-huh. I have killed snakes. Too, I can see that, yeah. But yeah, these snakes are able to kill alligators, is what it is, and Gee. eat them. Wow. 
Uh, but yeah, this information paints a picture on how destructive these pythons really are. They pose a massive threat to the environment there. So as evidence of the pythons increasing damage became more clear, state and federal authorities began working together to attempt to eradicate the python population. Uh, in 2010, also, Florida made python pet ownership illegal. Ah, okay. That's a good start. Yeah. Uh, you also don't need a license or permit to hunt pythons or any other invasive reptiles, that, the ones that we've talked about. You don't need a license or permit. The only real restrictions, like we said, are the guidelines for uh, humane methods of killing them. Okay, yeah. Uh, the most humane method is honestly a bullet to the brain mm. for almost all of these. That's That seems like a little difficult because it's such a small head. Shotgun. Large body, you know. Shotgun. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like a, a 410 shotgun would yeah. do it perfectly. That's true. But uh, in 2017, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission <laughs> introduced the Python Elimination Program. So they hired Python removal agents. Pep. <laughs> Pep. <laughs> uh, I work for Pep. <laughs> Uh, python elimination program and uh, they hired python removal agents basically they're bounty hunters nice uh these removal agents get paid minimum wage but they also get uh, additional fees per foot of snake they kill wow so the bigger the better for these guys and i watched a video I, and i don't quote me on this but i thought it was like 25 dollars a foot Wow. So if you get a 15-foot snake, you're making some good money. Yeah. Where's that TV show now? <laughs> right? <laughs> I watched a docu... Uh, it was like a Vice documentary or something. Oh, yeah? It, so it was pretty good. But yeah, you can make up to hundreds of dollars per snake. Wow. And the state also hosts several python challenges where people can go out and catch pythons with winners getting cash prizes or like winning a four-wheeler or something like that. Uh -huh. There's There was just like this... One that's a couple, like, two weeks long. and I watched a video, and the winner got a four-wheeler. Oh, nice. And I think the winner got, like, 10 to 12 pythons in that time oh, period. Oh, gee. You know what? I think maybe now you understand why there was a uh, python breeding facility in the middle of the Everglades. <laughs> some, some Floridian decided, oh, I'm going to cash in on this and <laughs> raise his own pythons just to take in. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, that's another thing that uh, there are tons of videos of python hunting. And I encourage everyone to go and check some out so you can learn more. It's There's there's lots of documentaries made about this topic and lots of other things. So I, I recommend going to check up on some if you want right. to learn more. So uh, the elimination program has removed over 4,000 pythons from the Everglades. But this is likely a fraction of the number estimated to be there. Uh, then agencies are exploring more aggressive tactics from using dogs to sniff them out to using drones to find them huh. to genetic warfare, which involves editing the genomes of snakes that are and then they'll re-release them back into the wild. Huh. So scientists could theoretically put a gene in there that causes all offspring to be male or causes all female offspring to die. Interesting. This is all theoretical, though, and until such technology is developed, the Burmese python will likely continue to squeeze 
the nice. life out of the Everglades. Hey, nice one, man. I knew you'd like that. Yeah, I did. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, pythons. Uh, by the way, pythons are constrictors, and they're not venomous, in case you didn't know. And to my knowledge, there hasn't been a serious incident of an attack on a human from a wild oh, python really? in Florida. Okay. I'm sure there's been like hunters who've gotten bit by them, maybe curled around them and huh. broke a bone or something, but nothing. nobody's been eaten in Florida okay. that I'm aware of, maybe, hmm. but <laughs> that I'm aware of. Okay. And unlike lionfish, it is not recommended that you eat the pythons. Uh, apparently, oh, really? they are high in mercury. Huh. So don't eat the pythons. Just kill them. Hmm, that's weird. I, I don't really encourage killing animals, but they are invasive. These all these species yeah. we talked about. So I wonder how they got high in mercury. You know, all um apparently all of the predators there like gator. I, I don't know about oh they listen to too much Queen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, apparently there's a lot of animals in the Everglades that have high mercury huh. content. Hmm. Uh, I, I know there is so much more to cover about these invasive pythons, and I think that we will likely go more in-depth with them another time. But for now, Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. Oh. I hope... Well, you sound surprised there. Yeah. I thought they were, we were going to keep going on more. Well, we will another time. All right. But I hope everyone enjoyed learning about these invasive species of Florida. Uh, I know I learned a whole lot these last two episodes. It was really fun. Uh, and if anyone in Florida has an invasive species story, feel free to send it to us. Yeah. As well as send in pictures of your lionfish meal. <laughs> I don't yum, know why. Yum. Don't know why I'm so interested in that, but I am. Okay, so for our next episode, it's gonna be a big one. It is our two-year anniversary episode. Yay! Yay! And I can hardly believe it's been two years already, and I can hardly believe that we made it to two years. <laughs> uh, I had zero expectations when we first started, so it's easy to say we have exceeded expectations. <laughs> Just keep your expectations low, and once you exceed them, it's, it's all good. Yay! Uh, we will have a very fun two-year anniversary episode. I have I've got a lot of ideas for it. Um, we're going to go all out. Uh, maybe retell some of our favorite stories from the year. I was also thinking, you remember how we were saying we should find the index for the uh, the worst bite categories for insects or oh, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that as well. Okay. I'm thinking. Um, we can also... We're also, I also plan on covering some listener stories. We've got a bunch of really short ones, which is good. But if anybody else has um, cool, interesting stories, please send it to us. This is the time to do it. Uh, then, of course, we will have kind of the main event of the show. The second annual Force of Nature Award Show. Woohoo! I mean, it's pretty much like the Grammys combined with the Oscars. Combined with just any award show you can think of. Yeah. All the animal stars will be there. They're looking nice, <laughs> like Professor Cheetor is right now. Yeah, it's a red carpet <laughs> event. Uh, I know there will be several prestigious awards to give out from various categories, but yes, don't make make sure you don't miss out on that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple shout-outs to give. We want to first thank Pat Cunningham. Pat Cunningham for his nice review on Facebook, and he said he's learned a lot about animals from us. Oh, good. And that, that's kind of, that's the point. Yeah. Uh, also, we want to thank Abe the Killer. Abe the Killer. <laughs> he gave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, so thank you very much. Hey, right uh, on. Uh, all of those reviews mean a lot, right? Yeah. 
But Dave, you know, what if someone uh, wants to support us? What can they do to help? They can be like Abe the Killer and go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. Subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. It really helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. And if you want to exceed our expectations, you can invade your pocketbooks (laughs) by donating to Force of Nature Podcast. Uh, That's always my favorite part of the show is what you come up with there. But yes, you can donate. That would be more than awesome. Uh, you can uh, do it on PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on even on Venmo, on my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all the info is on the description below. And I'm also going to add that um, we are going to get a Patreon account sometime oh, okay. soon. I started I haven't finished doing all the work on it, but... We are going to get it. It came to my knowledge. We got a suggestion to start a Patreon. And they're like, oh, I'll donate if you start a Patreon. It's like, oh, we're going to get a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? Say, nah, no thanks. I don't want your money. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can get enough. Maybe we're, where we can get some merch. Yes. That's what, that's what we want. That's kind of the goal. Is to, we've already thought about ideas for it, too. I know. We've thought about lots of ideas. I want to yeah. get a T-shirt and a hat for men go. and women. Yeah, and and stylish and stylish, of course. But yes, <laughs> I. So we're gonna start Patreon. I'll let you know when that happens. Hopefully, we get it running soon. Uh, but yeah, all, to everyone, all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know. Make sure to get those in as soon as you can. Or if you don't want, you wanna send in an episode idea, or if you just want to ask a question or say hi, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Also, you can help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all the platforms we need to be on. Whew. I'm winded after this right. episode. This is a long one. <laughs> all right. So, Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. Okay. Well, how about you, you sharply dressed professor? Well, two years. Congratulations, gentlemen. I do believe that I am a candidate for Host of the Year Awards. I do believe I will win this award. Oh, ah, you do, huh? You speak the least. <laughs> but he does speak the truth. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yes, get ready for our two-year anniversary episode. And this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.